listeners, a quick note about the delightful episode of Don't Ask Tig you're about to hear. Randy Jackson's audio is not the best quality. We caught him at a moment where he was not able to get a good connection. It's still a great show, though. Randy's a gem, and if you don't already love him, you're going to love him after this. So with that, let's start the episode. What if I get scared and I don't want to answer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, trust me, I've never had the right answer for anything, Randy, and this show is now on its third season, so. Well, listen, that should be the thing. Is there a right answer? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the answer is no. How about this? This show should be Don't Ask Tig and Please Don't Ask Randy either. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's roll. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, and it's a don't ask from me, dog. Oh. Oh. (laughs) My next guest is a musician, record label executive, and Grammy-winning producer. He's the band leader on Fox's reboot of Name That Tune. He's the basis for the band Journey, which recently released a new studio album titled Freedom. He also spent 13 seasons as a judge on American Idol. Randy Jackson, I am thrilled to have you on Don't Ask Tig. Yo, Tig, thanks, man. What a nice intro. It's good to really talk and chat. I love music. I've been aware of you forever, like so many people have. And going way back, where did your connection with music start? Man, it started in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I grew up as a kid. And the hood is a very creative place. Mm-hmm. You learn to do the best you can with what you got. So they'd have these neighborhood block parties where the local bands that were playing around town around the neighborhood would do an outdoor rehearsal on somebody's front porch. And people would gather around, listen to the music, see them you know, learning songs. So that's where I really got the bug. And I love music because I grew up in this gospel church. So I got it there. I got it in the hood. You know, it's everywhere. My dad, my brother's a drummer. He was playing. So I just, you know, I fell in love with it. That's so cool. You lived in New Orleans as well, right? Lived there for a while, but grew up in Baton Rouge primarily, but lived in New Orleans for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to LSU and Southern. Both of those great Louisiana Baton Rouge colleges. Yeah. So, you know, I did to do, man, the dirty South. Aren't you from the South, too? Yeah, I'm from Mississippi, and I have family in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and it's the best. I know, man. And talk about music. The music down there is the richest, most cool, authentic. It's so great, man. I know. It's all the cliche stuff you hear, but it's true. The people, the food, the music, the whole vibe of it. My wife, (laughs) when we got together... And I told her I was from Mississippi. She was like, Mississippi? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, no. Yeah, she was mortified. And I said, look, I know, I know. But it's beautiful. And there are incredible people. 
And you just, you have to come check it out. And she absolutely fell in love with the area. And we've been together almost 10 years. And I think she's been to Mississippi 17 times now. It's her favorite place to go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Obviously, you've worked with so many icons over the years. Aretha Franklin, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Carlos Santana, Jerry Garcia, and Whitney Houston, just to name a few. Is there any experience you had working with a music legend that surprised you or stayed in your memory? I mean, I think a lot of those people did. You know, sometimes when you're doing it, you don't realize where you are. And then, you know, after it's over a couple of years go by, and you go like, wow. I was in the studio with Elton John. How cool is that? You think about it. Because at those times, you know, when you're doing it, you're happy to do it. And the work is amazing. And you just enjoy it and try and soak up as much. But it's a reflection when you think about what went down and how cool it was. And I often, you know, was a sponge and I still am. Soaking up the experiences, thinking about what can I learn? What did I glean from these people? What kind of wisdom can they tell me, you know, young dude trying to get his groove on in the music game from the South? I'm very blessed and very fortunate just to land at all these giants and greats. You know, Springsteen was amazing. What an amazing human. What an amazing person he is. Uh People see a lot of these stars, and they see what they see in the press. They see what they see on TV. But getting to know them on a deeper level is just so amazing. I bet. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Come on out, Dave. Come on out. I would love to. Oh, my gosh. I worked with bands years ago, and I remember sitting in recording studios with them, and it was one of the most exhilarating experiences, just watching everything come together and falling asleep on a couch because we were in the studio for 12 hours and just loving every minute of it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, what's funny is that you you reminded me of something they said that I didn't know this, but they said that Whitney Houston, because her mother was part of the background singers for Rita, would sleep on the Mm -hmm. sofa at four, five, six years old in the studio while they were recording. You know, can you imagine your kid and you wake up from a nap with Aretha singing, you're like, whoa, where am I? You're saying Whitney, when she was little, she was sleeping on the couch? Yeah, because her mom, Sissy, sang backgrounds for Aretha. Right. Wow. I mean, it's already dreamy to wake up and hear Aretha Franklin on a record player, <laughs> but to actually <laughs> be in a room right next to her would be I don't know. Talk about an inspiration, man. Wow. I know. And for that music to be going into little, tiny Whitney Houston ears when she was asleep on the couch, that's amazing. This is switching gears a little bit. Well, very much so. But in 2003, you underwent gastric bypass surgery. And yeah. and since then, you've been public about your efforts to maintain your health. It's been almost 20 years. Yeah. What insights do you have to share about staying healthy? Well, firstly, I did it um, to try and get my health better because I developed type 2 diabetes. So mm-hmm. one of the things is trying to get your diet under control and trying to get your weight under control gives you more of a fighting chance to help yeah. manage the disease because there's no cure, but you can manage it. So that was part of the reason. And you know, now as I look at it, 
I'm happy that I did that because it gave me a much better quality of life, even though I've been going through some back surgeries over the last couple of years. But on the men, they are trying to get off the cane so I can walk better. But um, it's actually been a lifesaver, to be honest with you. It allowed me to start this company, Unify Health Labs, which is a group of doctors and clinicians that I got together with and developed these vitamins that are all about gut health. Because gut health, little did I know, is everything. So when you're down oh, to the yeah. dirty south and you put in that crawfish and that fried catfish and those fried up puppies and fried everything else, yeah. it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. work out too well over time. No. So I went through what I call a food divorce, which helped me keep it off. And I went through a lot of therapy because mm-hmm. I think before you can change anything, you got to change the way you look at it, don't you? Yeah. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it. It's been a constant struggle, but I'm happy to say I'm on the better side of it now, and I I think I got it down. That's amazing. I remember my mother always telling me, you got to take care of your health. And I know it's very obvious and of course and whatever, but I mean, she would just drill that into my head, and I didn't. And then I had my own health issues over the past 10 years. It's so crazy when you're younger and you just... You don't have to worry or care about any of those things. And then it does catch up with you. And it's sadly one of those things where you can't know it until you experience it. It's like falling in love or having a child or anything like that. It's the same as when you find yourself older and your body fails you in different ways. And it's because you weren't taking care of the time that you should have been preventing and taking care of yourself because it catches up with you when you get older. So true. People often say to me, wow, you're so open. You talk about your struggles, you know, your back surgeries, your weight loss, your diabetes. I do it because one reason that's who I am anyway. But also I think people think that it doesn't happen to us celebs. You and I. Right. No, it happened to us. I don't care what your line of work or who you think you are, or who you are. It can happen to anyone. And that's why I often share and I'm an open book with people because, hey, I got health stuff going on too, man. Got to deal with it though. Yeah. I mean, people appreciate it. I hear it all the time from people because so many are going through it or know somebody that's going through something. And so yeah, I appreciate it. I'm on the straight and narrow for the most part, trying to keep my body intact. Yeah. Now, Randy, jumping back to music, you were a judge for many years on American Idol and you often gave advice to aspiring musicians To those who dream of that kind of career, what's the advice you keep going back to? You know, that find somebody that you really respect. And if they offer advice or you can get them to give advice, please listen and pay it forward. Because, you know, when I was younger, at every age, you think you know everything. Mm -hmm. So if somebody can help you cut a couple steps out or missteps out, follow some of that advice, heed it. That's really great advice. And we have some listener questions to get to and see if we can help these people out. Are you ready? I'm down, man. Take you. Yo, come on. What? (laughs) All right, Randy, this first question comes from a concerned mom. Christine writes, 
My son is a high school senior who hates school and doesn't want to go to college. He wants to move to LA to pursue his lifelong dream of being the drummer in a world-famous pop punk band. He's a very talented drummer, but, and I say this with love, he doesn't know how to hustle. He knows nothing about what it takes to make it as a rock musician, and he doesn't know anyone in LA. I want to be supportive, but as a mother, I worry about all the ways a plan like this could go wrong. What are your thoughts, and would you be willing to take him? He knows how to do his own laundry and cook hot dogs. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) After the discussion of health, I have to immediately point out the hot dogs. You know, I can't help, but I would like somebody to do my laundry. That would be wonderful. No more hot dogs for me. Yeah, no hot dogs. First of all, I'm very curious who this world-famous pop punk band is. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what band they're thinking of, but maybe singing or creating one or joining one or something. I don't know. I guess it depends on what you call punk these days. I know. Punk really changed over the years. My wife is 15 years younger than me, and she always refers to bands like Green Day as punk. I guess Green Day was sort of a punk thing. I mean, you know, I guess you could say Blink-182 as well, but I I don't know. I guess punk today is sort of MGK and I guess still Travis Barker, now Willow's trying to... I don't Uh know, but the advice I would give this mom is, listen, if you can convince your son to go to a music school, send him to Belmont and Nashville, send him to Berkeley and Boston, convince him to go wherever, because if he's thrust into a music environment, maybe that's the kind of college he needs, and tell him that the dog says, learn everything mm-hmm. you can that you can possibly learn, become the best in life, as the best drummer ever before you try and get your hustle on. And please learn to hustle, Mm -hmm. because even the best have to hustle. Absolutely. And I love that this mom also somehow knows enough about the rock scene that she says he doesn't know how to hustle. She's right. It's like anything you're pursuing, whether it's music, comedy, writing, all of the things in the arts, (laughs) it's really, really intense. You can't just move to a town and just be in the scene and get things done. You have to be working like crazy. But what I like about those music schools, Mm -hmm. you'll get there and you won't be the best. So you got to work your way up that competition, that competitive spirit, which you will encounter when you move to L.A., New York, Miami, Nashville, wherever to try and make it. It's competitive. You know, people are looking for something different, unique. I mean, so, and it helps you hustle because you got to learn to hustle in the college. Yeah. Well, that's really nice of you to offer to pay for his college, Randy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Christine, what more can I say? I got Randy Jackson to answer your question. So hope that helps. And Randy, it's time for a break, but don't go anywhere because we'll be right back with more listener dilemmas.
And we are back. Randy, this next question is all about payback. Hawkins writes, in my early 20s, I quit a high-paying bike messenger job to become a lesser-paid nanny for my brother while he worked at starting a business and his wife supported them with her executive job. I helped raise his three kids for years. Now he has a very successful global business and millions of dollars. I'm in my 40s now and want a back pay bonus. Am I wrong about this? No. The brother should pay you. You were helping him. Tell him, come on. Okay, so you feel like having that conversation would be totally reasonable. Well, first of all, he should come on Jake's show. Jake, you should get him and the brother, and you and I should do like a Jerry Springer intervention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And what, throw chairs at at everybody (laughs) on Zoom? (laughs) So you owe him. We can just crack chairs (laughs) in our own separate homes and over Zoom. Yeah. Have you ever had to pay somebody back pay bonus? I don't even know how that works. I didn't even know if there is such a thing, but the brother should help him out. Okay. If he helped the brother out, the brother should help him. I feel like this might be a woman because the word nanny is used, but I guess a nanny can be a guy. I'm so used to guys calling themselves mannies. Whomever she is, the brother should help. Okay. How dare him? How dare him? Hawkins? In fact, Hawkins, he should give me and take money too. I know, to be handling these problems (laughs) that he's created. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This is ridiculous. Right here on this World Sensation podcast, Don't Ask Tig. This guy is trying to embarrass us and take us down. We're not falling for it, bro. Hawkins, that's our take. Thanks for writing in and enjoy your windfall of cash coming to you. But if you do get a lot of money, please let us know. Reach out and let us know how much you got. All right, Randy, this next question comes from Christy. Christy writes, my almost four-year-old has gotten to the age where he asks questions about how things work, some of which are difficult to answer in general or just difficult to answer on his level. My husband and I have made it a point to give him facts and logic when answering questions. With some of his questions that are complicated concepts, i.e., why do glow sticks glow? Why do helium balloons float? Why do they deflate? My initial thought is to answer from my youth. Magic. But I want to give him the answer that will better his mind and understanding of the world. And so my short answer is science. I guess my question is, should I foster the idea of magic? Um, No, No. is my thought. No. (laughs) Teach him how to use Google. (laughs) My sons are six now. I mean, they truly wake up every day, start talking, asking questions, and then go to bed at night. That is all day long. Well, that young, inquisitive mind. Yeah. And my wife and my father-in-law were always around them and trying to give them answers. And my favorite thing is when they ask a question and direct it to Stephanie I love turning to her and saying, yeah, how how does that work? <laughs> like, I can't wait to hear her answer. How do glow sticks glow, Stephanie? And so I think that um, 
fumbling through that and trying to give them the best answer that you can give is worth it. Or if you don't know how glow sticks glow, uh, and I, I don't, it's worth maybe Googling it and just telling them. I do think it is good to nurture that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely correct. I would say Google it. Then you read it and then tell it to them in terms that they can understand. Mm-hmm. Now, because sometimes right. Google gets a little deep in the scientific weeds of words that may be out of the young vocab yet. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. I mean, I don't know how glow six glow. I never wondered. I always thought magic. <laughs> Tig told me it was magic. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No magic. Yeah. Christy, that's what two parents think. Yeah. So I hope it helps. Yeah. Randy, for our final question, I'm bringing us back to the music. Mm. Philippa writes, Hi, Tig. My ex and I are both musicians. We are trying to move on with our romantic lives separately, but would love to keep playing music together. Is it possible? Are we asking for a Fleetwood Mac-esque disaster? Have you or your guest ever managed friendship after a split? I have. I would say I am friendly with all of my exes. I have an ex that I don't know if we'll ever (laughs) see each other again, but we've had a friendly exchange online. But do I think we're going to start a band? No. But I have worked with an ex before, and I have another ex that's coming out to visit and bringing her kids and, you know... I think it's possible, but I do think there are old triggers from the old relationship that get kicked up sometimes. Yeah, I think she's got to be very careful. I think being in the band, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how that's going to work. And why didn't it work when you guys were together? Mm. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's going to work now and it didn't work then? extremely very lightly unless you still have feelings and you're really willing to go back there okay so you're saying if there's actual romantic feelings it's okay to start a band well i think the feelings are going to come up anyway you know like because in a band you're so close yeah musically i mean you're sharing thoughts ideas you know maybe some of those thoughts are the reason you fell in love in the first place I just think it's very dangerous. Okay. Unless you're ready to go back there. Or playing in the band will make it clear that it is very much over. But I don't know. Maybe don't start a band. Just play some music very casually together. Don't make it this thing of like, okay, we're going to have a band. Just try it out. See how it goes. There's no rush. You don't have to do every Wednesday or Thursday night at seven, you know. Yeah, just kind of ease in, see how that goes, and dip your toe in the water and just slowly keep dipping. That's my feeling. I think Randy's on board with that. Yeah, definitely. And let us know what happens. Yeah, let us know how that pans out. Randy, he really wants to know. I can hear it in his voice. Yeah, we'll be fighting with the nanny and her brother. Mm -hmm, That's right. (laughs) But we're willing to put that on hold. (laughs) <laughs> to hear this <laughs> gossip. Oh. All right, Randy, before I let you go, I have two final questions in the form of a segment called Best Advice, Worst Advice. 
Randy, what's the best advice you've ever been given? The person that shows up at the right place at the right time with the right information will nine out of 10 times get the job. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Do you have all the information you need? Young drummer boy that wants to be in a pop punk band. Mm-hmm. Two, when you got your hustle on, you can show up, you'll get the job. But if not, you won't get the job. Mm-hmm. That was great advice because, you know, you just think that you become good and people are supposed to just award you with all this stuff. Nope, that's not the way it works. Right. What's the worst advice? You just got signed to a record deal. You could probably quit your day job now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A month later, you're broke. And you're like, why did I quit my job? <laughs> <laughs> There's this comedian that I came up with like 25 years ago. And there was an episode on Oprah where she invited all of these established comedians on her show. <laughs> and then she had them invite the up and coming comedian that they thought was going to be a big shot one day. And so this guy, Bob, <laughs> I remember him telling the story of flying first class to Chicago to be on Oprah. I believe it was Bob Saget who had brought this younger comedian, Bob, to Chicago. And Bob said he was flying first class. And he said he took a moment and looked around and he said to himself, well, Bob, you better get used to this. (laughs) Because he was thinking he was just on his way to just superstardom because he was about to be on Oprah and then his life didn't change at all. Yeah. I mean, he's now a very successful writer and producer, but it always cracked me up because there are those moments in life that are so big, but they don't necessarily change things in the way that you think they're going to. And sometimes they do, but you still got to hustle most times. Yeah, got to get that hustle on. And I mean, you know, one experience doesn't mean you've made it. Mm -mm. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. I always felt like there's no one thing that's going to make me or break me. It feels like there's just so many experiences that make or break anything or anyone. I'm going to write that song. You just gave me an idea for a song. I'll I'll give you 5%. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to give me way more than that, sir. Way more than that. Randy, it's been such a great time chatting with you. Oh, thank you. This is so much fun. I like these questions. I was so thrilled when I heard that you confirmed for the show. I was like, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to ask Randy Jackson. And then I got the email like, he's going to do it. I was like, no way. Of course. No way. Take is part of the family forever. Oh, well, thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to... uh, promote or share with the listeners before we go? No, go out there and get yourself some Unify Health Labs product. You need that gut health. It's where all the diseases start, everything. Everything starts in the gut. Come on, people. Come on. Get it together. Mm-hmm. I hear you. All right. I will uh, hopefully see you soon. Thank you and goodbye, sir. All right. See you later. Thank you. Love you.
Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Lauren Humphert. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. (laughs) 